This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm gonna be friends. 205 DGS on Camelwax. Pretty day out there. Pretty cold, but, uh, but uh, very pretty sunshine. Tomorrow supposed to be kind of the same, you know, pretty chilly for Thanksgiving. Today's our last show of the week. Tomorrow we'll do a best of. Friday there is a football game on KMOX. We'll all be back on Monday. We'd like to take the opportunity to remind you uh, this weekend to please find uh, a time to go buy Hardee's and uh, give them a dollar for a DGS sticker. That money will go to Operation Food Search. You can also give 5 10 20 whatever you can afford. You can also round up if you prefer to not have a sticker with my cartoon face uh, in the car, which I completely understand. Uh, first week, you guys did $12,000, which was about five grand more than we thought that uh, we were you know, budgeting for, so a great start. And then a very, very kind, generous DGS listener uh, got us started off on day one with a donation of $25,000 anonymously. So we're looking good, and that money is going to go to feed people who don't have food and to do the backpack program for kids who would go home on Friday after afternoons with no food until Monday, uh, but because of you, about three different junior high schools are all taken care of, every kid there, uh, because of the DGS audience, and they have food every weekend because of you. So, Hardee's and Operation Food Search. Uh, today, we have the priest and the rabbi. We always try to get them on as close to Thanksgiving as we can. Uh, Monsignor Ted from ICD and Rabbi Shmuel uh, from Asia Torah. Good to see you guys again. How are you? Yeah. Hi there, Dave. You. Good. Thank you. Uh, Rabbi, I start with you. Last time we spoke, you just got back from uh, Israel. Yeah. And we were talking about what's going on in Gaza. And clearly that's still going on. Uh, as right. I understand it, there is some sort of a hostage deal that has been uh, a handshake agreement right. where 50 women and children uh, will be released and then. Uh, Many, many more than that, Palestinian hostages, because it's always asymmetric. Israel famously right. gave a thousand. They're, they're, they're people not hostages, back. by the way. <laughs> they're they're people that have committed um, acts of terror. Prisoners. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm I won't believe it till I see it. Right. I still don't know, and I know you're not a military expert. Right. No one here is, but I don't understand what the end game is. Right. I don't understand why. What's okay? So you get the hostages back. Does the war start again? Yeah, I, I this is. I just want to say, give a little bit of background here for people to understand this. It's a very difficult situation. Very difficult. I'm not, as you said, in the in the you know in the in the room there deciding whether this goes through. But I just the complexity of it. People need to understand the present. Um, the present person running Hamas, the Sinwar. I can't pronounce his first name. 
he was in an Israeli jail. Uh, the the Palestine the, the Hamas took one prisoner, one soldier, Gilad Shalit. The Israelis released a thousand uh, prisoners, uh, terrorists, to get back this one soldier. One of them is the person who planned this uh, heinous, disgusting attack. So it's a very difficult thing. The other thing is, you know, um, you know, you asked, will it start again? And, and I'm a peaceful. Let me stop you there before yes. we move on, because I want to understand this. It is amazing that you would give back a thousand really bad guys to get one of your own. Right. But it doesn't seem smart. No, it, it's a good point that you're bringing up, you know, in the Talmud. So the Talmud talks about hostages. We've been dealing with hostages for thousands of years. And so, um, so, so the Talmud says two things. One is you want to, you want to pay even money, whatever it takes to get back hostages. But then the Talmud says, but not if it will create an incentive to take more hostages. And that's where I, I agree with you, that it, it doesn't seem to make sense to do that. Um, I hope that, that this one is more thought out. Apparently, they're, they're letting go, you know, children and women. But see, when you say children, Israel doesn't have four-year-olds there. They have, you know, a 15-year-old can carry a weapon. These aren't little kids. These are people that were committing acts of terror. So you're right. It's, I, I think it's a very tricky calculation, and, and it's not something— Also, look, why does Hamas want to break from the action to rearm? So it's going to be more difficult for the Israeli soldiers now to defeat them. You know, I, I want to just emphasize, you know, I'm a person of peace. I'm a peaceful person. I always want to want to shoot for peace. I don't think there should be the ceasefire should end and then the Israel should go back to battle. And the reason for that is, if I can give you a parable, you know, if you have somebody who has a, a cancer and, um, and so the sur surgeon says it's a very invasive surgery that's necessary. And so a merciful person comes along and says, it's too invasive. Take half the cancer. So I believe that's what people calling for a ceasefire now, they might mean well. They might feel like they're being merciful. But the fact of the matter is Hamas has already said they plan to do this again and again and again. And this is not Israel's first incursion. So you're, you're just condemning more Gazans and more Israelis to death by having a, a ceasefire. When Hamas is finally banished from Gaza, you know, Gaza has beautiful beaches. It could become a peaceful place living alongside Israel. I don't know how practical that is. You know, it's hard to see the end game, as you said. It's mm -hmm. really difficult to see how to make that happen. But they could have a much brighter future without, you know, when, when, I, when I was in Israel and, those, and the sirens went off, I ran down to a, a shelter. Gaza has gotten way more money, 10 times the money that Europe got under the Marshall Plan to rebuild Europe. They don't have a single bomb shelter. They don't build all of—why does Israel have to supply water? Because they take all the pipes and use it for bombs. So once there's somebody that actually cares about the development of human beings and the protection of human beings, I believe it will be a better place. So even though that I'm a peace-loving person, peace is complicated sometimes. And I think the true peace will come once that Hamas can no longer run Gaza, and then there's a chance of, of some kind of better situation. Mm -hmm. Monsignor, your thoughts? Well, as you, as you suggest, uh, I'm certainly no military expert for me. I think the, when we did talk about this previously, and it, there's an important distinction between terrorism and war. And uh, yeah, the, the terrorism itself is inhumane. Wars have been going on for a long time. Um, 
I have no idea what should be happening militarily. I think, as the rabbi said, what uh, what there are still people in Hamas who are saying, no matter what happens to us, we're not done. And I think that's true. I would take the, I would take them at their word. The, you know, the the question always is is uh, the our Catholic our Catholic teaching is there is such thing as a just war. Uh, the, the question always is, in terms of a just war, uh, what's a proportional response? Uh, in, in the, remember World War I, 100 years ago, was the war to end all wars. Uh, and, you know, remember there was a lot of talk in, in the, the Mideast wars. Uh, it was, uh, we were so angered by 9-11, we're going to turn... Uh, Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia into parking lots. Well, to some extent that was done. Uh, the statue of Saddam Hussein was, was pulled down. Um, where are we today uh, in terms of that response? I don't know. Mm. For, for me, just as, as, like the rabbi says, we're, as people who preach the word of God, we're for peace. We're against all wars. So to decide what's the best war strategy um, I don't know. The, the, I, I, as I have only, I've only visited over there a couple times, but even as I study or listen to people who are from that part of the world, you know, we're a new country compared to them. They think their strategy is in terms of centuries and generations, uh, different from ours. I mean, and this, different from this situation, but what's happening right now, say, in France um, little by little, there's more Muslims than uh, the the French people uh, because they're populating the country and they and the and the French people are not reproducing. It's an example again of people whose culture is from the Middle East. They think long term, and I I have no idea other than what what did General Patton say? War is hell. So, Rabbi, um, I have been surprised by the reaction. I've been surprised by uh, the 500,000 people here, 300,000 people here, anti-Israel, pro-Palestine, ripping down the kidnapping uh, posters, lots of young people saying they're not going to vote for Biden, calling him Genocide Joe. Um, This does not—and perception is reality. They could be— completely wrong in all their thoughts. If they believe it, they believe it. If they act on it, they act on it. If that's how they live their life, it's how they live their life. Uh, You guys have had a pretty bad run, Jewish people, for quite a while now. It seems like it may get worse. Yeah, that's a frightening thing. You know, I was just at the rally in in Washington, and um, there were 300,000 people there, completely peaceful. Nobody had their faces covered. There was a lot of American flags and a lot of Israeli flags. Um, it's scary to look at. I've watched some of these um, rallies that they've been doing in the streets, some of these pro-Hamas rallies. Some of them, I don't even believe what they're saying is covered by the First Amendment. That's calling for violence, direct action. They printed a, a map of a bunch of Jewish institutions uh, and then took it down. But you can screenshot it before you take it down. But, uh, yeah, it is very scary. And, and uh, look, as i got to say, as a Jewish person— um, God has protected us throughout all the centuries. All the people that have tried to, to do us in are gone. The, uh, you know, we, we, uh, Abraham was thrown into a fiery furnace, came out alive. We went down to Egypt, became slaves, went home to Israel, were thrown out by the Babylonians, then ruled by the Persians. 
then the the uh, Greeks and the Romans threw us out. We came home again. Mm. So I, I, you know, I, we we're with God, and and we just have to trust God that God will protect us again. And the people that try to do us in will end up being in the trash bin of history once again. Let me ask both of you this question, and it's a very honest question. It's going to be inartful, and I apologize if it's no offensive. No problem. I've always grown up with the Jewish people are God's chosen people. But like I said, you've had a really rough time. It doesn't look like you're chosen. It doesn't feel like you're chosen. It feels like you've had a harder time than most anybody else. Does that creep in with you? Is it something you guys talk about? When, when the Jewish people, when we say that we're chosen, which is in the Bible, it means we were chosen not to be better than everybody else, but to bring the Torah into the world. And if you look at like the last the last chapter in Leviticus, God says if that you don't live the way you're supposed to in Israel, you're going to experience horrible things. So this is what I would say to you is Jewish, the Jewish people, our history is epic. If, if you don't say, are the Jewish people, if, if this was any other country, would this be happening? If it was any other country, you know, um, there's been million, there's been hundreds of thousands of people killed in Yemen. No one is, is, is so upset about it. There's been hundreds of thousands of people killed in Syria. No one is upset about it. Everything that happens to us is under a microscope. So I would say back to that is that, our, you know, relationships are wild. And we have a relationship with God, and God told us it's going to be wild. And it's been wild. But I, I believe that uh, in the end, the people that stand with the, the Jewish people are standing on the side of what's good and what's right. Mm-hmm. And the people that don't are now, you know, you can have all your discussions about what's going on in Palestine, but if Hamas, there should be no discussion on this. This should be just obvious to anybody. You're, you're supporting barbarism. And I want to say that we in the West, they are watching our reaction to this. The, the, the Iranians, all these groups are watching. Do they have the strength to defend themselves or not? Are they mm-hmm. going to make a democracy cower to a terrorist organization? Mm-hmm. And I think that we all have to think about that. We need to, to have the, the stand on the side of, you know, humanity strongly, you know. So I see that, that uh, you know, the Jewish people are, are treated differently than everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, chosen does not necessarily mean charmed. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of people. It's a sad Jewish joke, but a lot of Jewish people have the joke of, you know, could you could you choose someone else next time? <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, it um, it's you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, and it's a very fair question. Welcome back, DGS two twenty six. We're here, the priest and the rabbi. Uh, our friend Amir, uh, who calls in quite a lot, is calling in. Uh, Amir, you're on the air with the priest and the rabbi. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, Dave, and uh, greetings to everybody. You know, this is uh, such an interesting subject and, uh, you know, such a controversial subject. So it's really difficult to, uh, you know, be in the middle of it. It's almost like we all have to take sides. Uh, But I do try my hardest. I do try my hardest to be objective. And and I did take an issue with Rabbi's uh, description of 1,000 prisoners who were exchanged for Corporal Elad Khalid, uh, I'm sorry, Shalit, some time ago. You know, they weren't necessarily terrorists. I mean, they were prisoners, uh, and, and if they were charged with terror, I mean, you can be a 12-year-old throwing rocks at a tank or, or at an armored vehicle, and you're going to get locked up for years. So a number of those uh, exchanged were those people. And then Arabs, they look at it, well, they're kidnapping our kids. So they view it as justified in their minds that they should, 
you know, go and kidnap innocent Israelis. Now, with that being said, I just want to be clear. What happened on October 10th is unjustified in any way. And, and I hope that all the responsible ones are brought to justice or brought before their maker as soon as possible with as little of innocent life being lost out there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know enough about that. I mean, I, you're telling me there are 12-year-olds who threw rocks, and that's it. I, I don't know. I, I tend to wonder about that. I'd have to see proof of that, if that's all the offense was, was throwing rocks at a tank and then you're in jail. Um, I'd have to see evidence. That. I'm, I'm not denying it because I just don't know. But somebody would have to bring me evidence that I, bl- I would think, you know, look, Israel is a democracy just like the United States. You know, you know, you got to realize something. Israel doesn't have a death penalty. Terrorists who murder people can't be. We have a death penalty in America. Israel doesn't have a death penalty. The only thing it has a death penalty for is crimes against humanity. The only person ever executed in Israel was Adolf Eichmann. So I, I just, it's a, it's, it's a liberal democracy. I, I find it difficult to believe that. I'm, I'm not going to deny it without evidence, without because I don't know enough to say that. But I would need to be shown evidence these are 12-year-olds throwing rocks. Can you guys, can you guys stay for one more segment? Yes. Okay, uh, please call. Uh, we have a big audience out there, very diverse, lots of opinions here at the Priest and the Rabbi. If you have something you would like to have answered or something that you would like to cross swords on, 314-436-7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 2900. 233 DGS. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanksgiving Eve. We have... uh, Monsignor Ted from ICD. We have Rabbi Shmuel from Aisha Torah. We're taking your phone calls. Barbara, you're up first on line one. Go right ahead. Welcome to KMOX. Yes. Uh, I'm a Christian, and uh, I will tell you that uh, in the Israeli people are the chosen people of God, and they're in their homeland now that, we, that was just set up by the U.N., and uh, um, it's in the Bible in Revelations that if Israel goes— and is destroyed with the Jewish people, it's, uh, the world will be destroyed. I just want to say it's so nice to have a caller that likes me. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that was a total change of Quoting pace. Revelation. So thank you so much, Barbara. Quote whatever you want. <laughs> nice to have someone who likes me. Uh, thoughts on that? I, I know that. So I, I grew up kind of nothing. But then when I was a teenager, I became a Christian, very fundamentalist, assembly of God, speaking in tongues, revelation. Jesus is coming back, look busy, the whole thing. Uh, and you tend to think that everyone believes that. But in Catholicism, uh, the tribulation period, the seven years, the false prophet, a lot of this stuff from fundamentalism isn't accentuated in Catholicism and certainly not in Judaism because, you know, the obvious reasons. Right. That That's correct. The uh, Going back, <clears throat> excuse me, to the question that you asked before about uh, the chosen people, as the caller said, Roman Catholics certainly believe the Jews are the chosen people as, as well. The difference is that we view ourselves as a as a continuation of that. That's what we call it, the Judeo-Christian tradition. I mean, after all, Jesus was Jewish, uh, the first pope was Jewish, and and so there's a there's a close, a very close harmony. And and uh, what the Jewish people refer to as the Torah, we embrace as scripture as well. Uh, Let me stop you there because yeah. that's fascinating to me. So when Jesus came upon the scene. Uh, the Jews were the Jews, and they were, as the Jews still are today, waiting for the Messiah, the Mashiach. And a certain number of the local Jews said, it's this guy. It's it's Yeshua. He is the Messiah. And you said something to me so fascinating years ago, Rabbi, you said, there's, there's no, there's, it's not against the law in Judaism to pick the wrong Messiah. Right. There's always someone who people think this is the guy. Right. So why did it turn into Christianity as opposed to just we're Jews and this is the Mashiach and all these other Jews just got it wrong? Why did it change completely? I mean, I think that's more for... for yeah, for both of you. Yeah, for the the reason that it, the reason that it did is, I mean, the... Uh, there is such a close connection, like what today what we call the mass is based on one of the most sacred of the Jewish traditions, that of the Passover. It's just that there, the, the, the difference is that in the Passover, uh, the, the victory was the, the victory of the chosen people, God's people, the children of Abraham, over the Egyptians, and they were able to escape from slavery. Uh, we and we use that. We use it as exactly the same. We call it the new covenant, and we we believe that covenant to be between Jesus Christ and His people, just as the Jewish people had between uh, Yahweh and and His people. But the difference is for us, we interpret that we if we embrace this God, and again, similar to what the rabbi said, there's in terms of the way of life. In many ways, it's not much different. Uh, the way that he put it was embrace God's way of life is the right way to live. We say em- embrace uh, the way of life of Jesus Christ, which is which we believe him to be God as well. And so we believe that there's liberation from sin, that the real slavery is what yeah. my observation of human nature is for most of us, our worst problems are caused by our own misdeeds. And in a certain sense, when people say, well, I, I can't help it, that's the way that I am. That's what we call yeah. slavery to sin. Uh, Rabbi, one more question about the Mashiach. I was driving down 170 the other day and literally yeah. saw a billboard saying this guy, the old guy with the big white beard, yeah. is he's the guy, yeah. which I thought was so strange. Like, oh, it's, right. on, it's on a billboard next to right. like a Coke commercial. Right. Um, w- when someone pops up, and whether it's in St. Louis or in Jerusalem or in New York, 
and a group of people say, I think we got him. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, is it an automatic, like, just slow the roll? Yeah, that's, um, people might differ on this. I, I, I'm always reticent to bring up, I, I think this usually doesn't lead to good things in my humble opinion. It's, I always try to get the people that I teach to focus on being better people. I'm, you know, being better children. Let the Messiah their, take care of the Messiah. When he comes, <laughs> I always say when, when the Messiah comes, we'll, we'll hopefully know about it. Um, I, I think it's often a distraction. I, 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 look, people are allowed to think what they want. And those people, if they want to think that, they can think that. I'm not sure what they think those that's going to do. But my, my, my whole thing is let, let's just concentrate more on being the right kind of people. Being, you know, love your parents better, be more loving to your fellow man, provide food for people that, that don't have, you know, and, and, and getting, that's it to me. It's, it's personally, I just believe it's a distraction. Interesting. Uh, John on line two from Collinsville. John, go right ahead. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good, man. Thank you. Hey, I just got a couple questions. One for uh, the, the Monsignor and the rabbi is I'm kind of under the impression, and I'm not talking about Palestinian people or anything like that, but the terrorist groups really don't like Christians any better than they like Jews. I was just wondering if if, if they thought I was correct in that assumption, but that's kind of what I feel. And then I'd like to ask a rabbi, uh, you know, in my life, I, I grew up in the 60s and whatever, and, and the, the 70s, and you you loved your neighbor and whatever else is a Christian. And I was shocked and I have been shocked of the anti-Semitism and pro Hamas, Palestine, whatever you want to call it, that is creeped up in this country. It just, I don't know where it came from. And I, I know the rabbi would probably would like to know where it came from too, but I, I just like their thoughts on that. Well, going back Thanks, to John, going back to the Hamas and uh, do they like Christians? I have to say, I, I don't have anyone in the Hamas on my Christmas card list I keep in touch with. So <laughs> I don't have firsthand information. But clearly, I mean, as we've described here, making the rabbi and I have been discussing, there's a distinction between the Hamas and the Palestinian people as a whole. But clearly, the Hamas being a terrorist group, they're against anybody who's for stability and peace. Uh, and and any people of goodwill, and certainly that doesn't actually as, as terrible as this war is. The Christians do not get mentioned very often at all, and in fact, it's quite a shrinking number in what we call the the Holy Land and that whole territory, down to l- less than two percent of the population. And so they have been a uh, a third party sufferers in this whole battle for a long time, and now. Are, are suffering even in more ways. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Uh, with the least informed opinion, but from my seat in the bleachers, it seems that uh, the Gazan people, the Palestinian people, the Lebanese people, the, the, the people in Yemen, that if you gave them a choice, hey, here's a deal. This land's going to be yours. This land's going to be ours. And we're going to live in peace. They would jump at it. On the other side, anyone who's professional job is terror. I mm-hmm. said this yesterday. Mm-hmm. These aren't people who run a, a dollar general and are terrorists in the part time. This is all they do. Right. 
I don't think there's any two-state, three-state, five-state solution that's going to mollify them. It, this is a religious thing. It's a, it's a radical religious thing. It's, it's not has nothing to do with politics or land. It, that's, it's a farce that's used. You know, I do have to say, though, that, that there are Christian people being killed by, by radical uh, Islamists around the world. And the Coptic Christians, for example, in Egypt have suffered tremendously under, under the rule there and around— you know, I have to say, even in Bethlehem, the reason why Christians are being reduced there is, you know, the 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 uh, it was the 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 radicals there just basically took down all the Christmas decorations in Bethlehem because they said that while this is going on, you can't. So I mean, they don't like Christian. It's the 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 these radicals want Muslim rule worldwide. Um, you know, as far as as the anti-Semitism goes, and I, again, John, it's nice to have a hear a friendly voice, but um, but. As far as the anti-Semitism goes, I mean, I think a lot of this might have been lurking under the surface. You know? Clearly. And I think it just, you know, it was waiting until that you could say it. And it's unfortunately something that just doesn't seem to, to go away. And so uh, you, I appreciate all those that are fighting against it. Another tough question. When you sit and you really reflect or you discuss with, with other Jews, uh, is there anything that you've come up with where, you're, where you think— Maybe we're over our skis on this topic. Maybe we've underestimated X, Y, Z about the way Gazans are treated. Is there anything that people will say when they're being intellectual that you look at and go, maybe we've made some mistakes here at all? You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, the, the father and I were just speaking at the break. I was saying, you know, people who, who are looking at the situation and saying about, let's say, Gazan civilians being killed— well, all that has to happen is Hamas has to stop hi- hiding behind them, and all of the civilians will stop getting killed. When, when you know, I'm a man. When I was raising my children, I never sent my two-year-old to go outside to see if there's a prowler. I went out. These people, it, the, the Hamas is—they're the ones that are placing these people. When they attacked Israel, they knew Israel would respond, and they knew that there's nothing to protect them. And they even said openly, it's not our job to protect them. It's the U.N.'s job to protect them. So they know. So people who are accusing Israel of purposely, you know, whatever they're doing with Gazans, they're falling for the, for the trap. These people have set. They know they can do this. Kill Israelis. It's a win. Have Israel uh, accused of war crimes. It's a win. Can I say that Israel never made a mistake? And you can't fight a war without making mistakes. It's not a perfect war is. Oh, ah. It's it's impossible to do without making. You know, I remember when we were fighting in Afghanistan. One time, we bombed a wedding party. I don't know if you remember that, but it's impossible not to make errors. War is terrible. I, you know, it's I. I'm, like I said, my hope is that this will end quickly. That Hamas will lose its reign of terror over Gazans. I've seen. I don't know how much of there is of this there is, but I've seen Gazans. I was saying I saw. I don't know if you saw this on BBC. There was a Gazan woman, terrible, burying her child. And she yelled out, this is all because of Hamas, those dogs. And people ran to cover her mouth. Now, I don't know if they ran to cover her mouth because they thought she'd be killed or because they didn't want the Western media to pick that up. But I've seen similar things also. I don't know how many Gazans will—I'm hoping this will happen, that when this is all over, that a lot of Gazans will feel, I can finally say— what is, I think. is there a group, the PLO still exists, is, is there a group waiting in the wings to take over if Hamas is destroyed? The PLO is, the, is now the PA, which is in the West Bank, and that's Mahmoud Abbas, who just denied that, the, that this happened. 
He just now said it, this, that never happens, October 7th. So it, it's very difficult. You know, Netanyahu said after that, nobody who, who denies what happened October 7th is going to get to rule Gaza. So I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to have, I'm hoping there'll be somebody that can step up that, that, you know, can start a peaceful existence there. I don't know if that's a, a pipe dream. I, I hope it's not, but that's, that's the, the hope. That's yeah. the dream. Well, it's sad that this is what we're talking about uh, the day before Thanksgiving, but it, it's the state of the world. Uh, so all the best to the two of you. Uh, thank you for another great year. We'll see you again before the end of the year. All the best to your parishioners. Uh, Ted, thank you so much. Shmuel, uh, continued good luck and all the best. I mean, still have to be thankful. Absolutely. Uh, quick break. Right back. DGS. 250 DGS. Do I want to hear Taylor Swift stuff? I mean, you kind of have no choice but to hear Taylor All Swift right. stuff in 2023. She's taken over the entire world, and I kind of thought we had reached the peak, and then she started dating Travis Kelsey, and it all started up all over again. But I saw this interesting article in Business Insider, Meet the Typical Swifty, a white suburban millennial woman who may have spent $1,300 to go to the Eras Tour. So, of course, I had to click on it because I want to know the typical Swifty. Who are these people who love Taylor Swift so much? Now, Andrew's back in the room. I know he's a self-proclaimed Swifty. I'm mm-hmm. someone, I wouldn't call myself a Swifty. I like Taylor Swift's music, but I'm a little averse to the whole phenomenon. And the Eras Tour really made me, like, uh, take a couple of steps back from the fandom. Uh, let me, let me make a couple statements and you tell yes. me whether you think they're true or false. Okay. I don't know that other than billionaires who don't even understand money, a normal person, even with someone with money, I don't think anyone pays $1,300 to hear music. Well, they're paying $1,300 for the whole experience. Right. And, and to see her. Which is different than hearing music. Right. Mm. The same thing happened with the Beatles. Beatles were a great band, my favorite band ever. But at some point, people didn't go to hear Love Me Do. They went to hear themselves scream. Mm. Um, and it, it has always happened. Looks like it will keep on happening. But there's something dumb about it, whether it's the Beatles or Taylor Swift or BTS or whoever it happens to be. There's just something unsustainable. Well, here's the crazy part. And look, I'm not here to uh, dog on anybody's preferences or make anybody feel bad for listening to Taylor Swift. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just fascinated by the fact that this is happening with so many people. So this average Swifty, the business insider profiled, spending $1,300 to go to the Eras Tour, guess how much money they make a year? Hmm. Probably in the area of like thirty to fifty. Yeah, less than $50,000, and they're spending a decent chunk of that on this concert experience. I, I thought that was further? crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, to me, it's not a whole lot different than identity politics. When another person so captivates you and their group and their message so captivates you that it becomes your identity, that's weird to me. I'm sure I've done it, uh, but whether it's Donald Trump or it's Taylor Swift, or it's Barack Obama, or it's whatever it happens to be, that when something takes over your identity more than your actual identity, when you allow another person or a cause to replace who you actually are, 
because it's just simpler to to wear a T-shirt or a hat or go to an event or pay a bunch of money for a ticket. It's so much easier to go, this is my identity, and then at least those people go, you're okay. You're fine. See what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Well, Sometimes it's harmful. Other times it's just you don't understand it if you're not one of them, mm. right? But they, I feel like they, they're in the same apartment building. The thing is, like you said, Dave, it's, it's not happening in a vacuum. It's not like this is, oh, I just love Taylor so much that I'm just doing this and no one in my life knows about it. No, it's typically being shared on social media and splashed everywhere. So then everyone's kind of having the same experience over and over again yeah. and then sharing it with each other and feeding off of each other. Yeah. I just think that's pretty interesting. Not to get all existential because what I'm saying is not all that smart, uh, but everyone wants to belong and we have manufactured things that people can belong to. It's one of the biggest businesses out there, you know, religion, Cardinals Nation, Republican, Democrat, you know, that's kind of what we do. We market groups to belong in Mm -hmm. so we don't all feel so empty because it's difficult to feel whole when it's just you. Wow. So so Morning Consult was uh, the the firm that surveyed all of these fans to try to profile the typical t- Swifty. And they said the top line takeaway from the survey that we conducted is that more than one in t- more than one in two Americans are Taylor Swift fans. Mm. I mean, what else can you say that about? Really? Yeah. Just kind of insane. I was thinking about how when I started my career 23, four years ago. Radio people were a big deal. I mean, radio people were kind of the biggest deal in town. And I love Stephen D.C., but I hate J.C. I hate, I love J.C., but I hate Stephen D.C. And now it's just sort of like, eh, whatever. Mm. We're still doing our jobs. You know, there are popular shows and there are not popular shows, but no one's a giant star. And the same goes for, I think, most genres, because now everyone's a star. Everyone has a TikTok. Everyone has an Instagram. Everyone's beautiful. Everyone's got big boobs. Everyone can sing. Everyone can do comedy. And so it's made, quote unquote, celebrities and stars much smaller deals. And then every now and then someone pops their head above water, like Taylor Swift, BTS, and becomes a superstar. But even them, they're only... One of the most popular stories in this ocean of stories. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, it was, hey, there are five things going on in the world. (laughs) Here they are. Hey, there are a dozen celebrities. Here they are. Now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of things to know and uh, to be up on and to have a take on it. And kind of going back to the, the Thanksgiving dinner conversation, uh, it's no longer a valid choice to remain silent. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 you don't get to remain silent. Where are you on Israel Hamas? Where are you on this? Where are you on that? What do you think of Joe Biden? He's too old, isn't he? What do you think of Trump? He's nuts, right? It's very difficult to just live your life. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.